God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Greg Backus, your host. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind, for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people. And he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. Today we will hear some wonderful music, read some of the Bible together regarding trusting God day by day, And our interview segment is with Dan Hennenfent from Cup of Cold Water Ministries. Dan just recently returned from a mission trip in Bolivia, and he will share with us some about that trip, as well as what is going on with Cup of Cold Water Ministries. Let's start off with Near to the Heart of God by Gene Meldrum. Thank you. 
Did you know that you are a super conqueror? You are. Though there may be times when you don't feel much like a super conqueror, in this world today, sometimes life can be extremely difficult. If we dwell on negative circumstances, negative thoughts about ourselves, it's at times then very hard to manifest joy and peace in our life. But on the contrary, when we think God's word, when we think God's word of ourself and know who we are in Christ, then our life, it's full of joy, it's full of peace. God has not made us to be failures in this life. Believe me, I know how challenging at times life can be, especially when we think less of ourselves than what God's Word says we are in Christ. And it happens to all of us. None of us is the Lone Ranger. You are not alone, nor am I, when having to deal with the negative situations in life that we sometimes have to deal with. We just cannot allow ourselves to think that the value of our life is defined by the circumstances we may find ourselves in. Our value is found in Christ and in Christ alone. It is the spiritual realities that we must focus on day to day and meditate on thanking our Heavenly Father for His love and for all that He's done for us. When we bring our thoughts back to God's Word and dwell on His truth, then we have confidence in God, and our trust grows, and we believe to receive the desire of His will that He has for each of our lives. I want to live for God. I'm sure you do too. I want to see God's will come to pass in my life and in the lives of those that I come in contact with. And I'm sure you do too. God desires that we live for Him. It's in His presence that we have fullness of joy. Sometimes we need to be strong in prayer, exercising the authority that we have in Christ. We have the right to demand that the devil get off our back and leave us alone. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ. It is the most powerful name in all of God's creation. When the name of Jesus Christ is spoken, things happen. Oppression is broken. Disease is removed. Peace is restored. If you have your Bible handy, uh, we'll start out today in Romans chapter 8. Uh, you could turn to verse 1. It says there, There is therefore now... And that now is right now. There is therefore right now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Wow! Jesus Christ is a complete Savior. On account of His perfect life, there is now, right now, no condemnation. The condemnation that came through the disobedience of Adam, the payment required, has been paid in the life of Jesus Christ. There is now no condemnation from God. And practically in our life, we are to not condemn ourselves because we see and we believe what Christ has done for us. The result of the accomplished work of Jesus Christ, that is our righteousness. Where there is no condemnation, there is righteousness. Is it possible to be both condemned and righteous at the same time? Absolutely not. We are righteous in Christ. Quit condemning yourself. And I say it to myself too. Don't condemn yourself. Quit thinking evil thoughts of yourself. And I say it to myself too, Greg. Quit thinking evil thoughts of yourself. Because we have been declared righteous in the sight of God. Think and believe God's word of yourself. Once again, that verse 1, There is therefore now, right now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Because of the new life that we have in the Spirit, in the new birth, we are free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death here refers back to the law of Moses. The Old Testament law, it showed the depravity of the sin nature and man's need for a Savior. Well, the Savior, Jesus Christ, has come. We are now free from the bondage of the law, and we are free to live according to the Spirit of God in Christ, in us. The law was weak in the sense that no man could keep it, because in order to be declared righteous by the law, it was required to keep all the law perfectly. Jesus Christ did that. God sent his Son as a sacrifice for sin, condemning sin in the flesh. He did for us, he did for you and I, what we could never, ever do for ourselves. Jesus Christ took upon himself what we deserved, death. The purpose being, here in verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We have the righteousness of the law fulfilled in us. Jesus Christ, he kept all the Old Testament law. He is our substitute, and we are identified in him. Our life is found in Christ, to the end that we are as righteous as Christ is. Did we do anything to earn this righteousness? Absolutely not. All we did was believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's continue here in Romans 8, uh, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind or do think on the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit think on the things of the Spirit. There are only two ways to live our life, either by the flesh, the things of the world, or by the Spirit. Each of us has the freedom of will to decide what our mind will dwell upon, where we hold our thoughts is where our life will be. In our lives, there's a certain percentage where our thinking is on the flesh, and there's another percentage where our thinking is on the things of the Spirit, the things of God. It'd be great to tip that percentage up into the 80, 90, 95% of thinking and dwelling on the things of the Spirit. To mind the flesh, well, it's literally to set our heart's desire upon the things of the flesh. In other words, I need this new, you fill in the blank, car, TV, clothing, whatever it might be, or I desire to live like what I see on this TV show or hear in this song. That's setting our heart's desire upon the things of the flesh versus setting our heart's desire upon the things of the Spirit, which would be to live according to the written word of God and by revelation from God in a specific situation. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Isn't that the truth? to dwell on the things that we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch in this world, to dwell on the circumstance that we might find ourselves in, well, it's death either in part or in whole. There is no genuine joy or peace when we think according to the flesh. But, in contrast, to dwell on the Word of God, to direct our mind, to hold in our thinking God's Word, it results in life and peace. Let's look over at uh, the book of Philippians, chapter 4. We'll read here verses 6 through 9. Verse 6. Be careful. And that word careful should really and could be better translated the word anxious. That is what that word means. Be anxious for nothing. But 
In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We are instructed here to not be anxious. We all know what it is to be anxious. We become worried, overly concerned. Maybe it's about a financial obligation, a health issue, a relationship. And with that situation, that circumstance, we just mull it over and over and over again. In our mind, all the endless possibilities, and we tend to get all worked up to the end that we can't sleep at night, or we can't function during the day, or maybe it even goes to the extreme of allowing depression to set in, or where we take pills to help us manage. If we're instructed by God to not be anxious, well then, what are we supposed to do? The rest of the verse tells us, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In everything, in everything we talk to God regarding the situation, and we give it to Him. And once we give it to Him, we don't take it back. Leave it at the throne of God. Don't think suddenly that you have a better way the next day. You see, God is not some ethereal something somewhere where it's a hit and miss as to if he hears you or even desires to hear you. He's our Father, and he desires for you to talk with him and then to listen to his response. Sadly, for many people today, God is not real. There have been times in my life, I will admit, when God seemed far from me. It wasn't because he had moved or because he had changed. It was because I had moved away from him. I had wandered from his presence and from his love. Well, even in those situations, there is still no condemnation from God because of something that we may have thought or done that was contrary to his word. God's children are righteous in Christ. His children are those that have accepted God's solution to man's dilemma. That solution? Jesus Christ. Those who have not believed regarding Jesus Christ, they are not God's children. If God seems far from you today, draw near to him. He's there. He hears you. He loves you. Think on his word and not your need not your circumstance. Let's look at what's going to happen in verse 7 when we do that. It says, The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep or guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Isn't everyone looking for peace? Sure. That's how we get it. We look to our Heavenly Father. We are not anxious for things, but we talk to Him, we go to Him, we trust Him, and we know that He loves us. Let's continue here in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Trusting God and living for God and seeing God work in your life is not automatic. In some ways, I sure wish it were, but it's not. God has given us freedom of will. God is not responsible for the evil in the world. He is not responsible for the sickness, the heartache, the sadness, the death that takes place. That responsibility falls squarely upon God's arch enemy, the devil. And it's important to recognize that, because the true God 
Our Heavenly Father so often gets blamed for things He has absolutely nothing to do with. In verses 8 and 9, we're encouraged to think on things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. The peace that comes from God will guard your heart. Don't we so need the peace of God in this unpeaceful world? The world is not going to get any better. It will continue to spiral out of control until God intervenes in the end days as detailed in the book of Revelation. Until that time, we continue to walk in love, believe God's word, and boldly proclaim the gospel of Christ. If you're wondering what you can do, that's it. Believe God's word, live love, and boldly speak of the goodness of God found in Christ Jesus. Doing that, you will never, I guarantee, never have a boring day. Living like that, your life will make a difference for all eternity. And you know, you're never too old to begin. Whether today you're a teen or maybe you're approaching 70. If you have breath, you have life, and you can live and speak the words of life, God's word. Uh, still in Philippians, let's go over to chapter 2. Let's start in verse 5. It says here, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Here we are told to have the mind of Christ. What type of thinking does our Lord hold in his mind? What type of thoughts did he think while here on earth? And what does he think today at God's right hand? He thinks God's word. He knows who he is as God's only begotten son. He knows the authority that has been given to him. He knows who he is. Wow, wouldn't it? be something for us to think as he thinks, to have the thoughts that he has. It's available. We put on the mind of Christ by thinking God's word. Some of it's detailed here for us right here in context. Verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, this word equal here does not mean that he was God. It means that he agreed with God. Being in the form of God, well, what is that form? God is spirit. Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry was filled with all the fullness of God. He had all that was available spiritually. Today, seated at God's right hand, he has the new spiritual body. Today, he has all that his heavenly Father has made available. To think it not robbery is that he didn't use his position as God's only begotten Son for his own personal gain. You and I, we are sons of God if we have believed that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and have confessed Jesus as Lord as it states in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. We are not to use our position as a son of God for our own personal gain. Rather, we serve God and we serve others as our Lord did and as he still does today. We are to have the same mind as Christ Jesus. Verse 7, But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus Christ was a servant. He humbled himself. He became obedient to the direction of his Father all the way to death on the cross. That's our example. That's how we are to live. We are to be humble, obedient, and serve. Look at what God did here for Jesus Christ in verse 9. 
Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue, verse 11, should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God highly exalted the Lord Jesus Christ to his right hand in the heavenlies, and he has given him a name which is above every name, and at the name of Jesus every knee shall absolutely bow. Today in this world, some scoff at the name of Jesus Christ. Others have even set rules and passed laws prohibiting the name of Jesus from being spoken. How foolish. They can only do this today because, number one, it's the age of grace, and it's also man's day where, where man does the judging. But I guarantee there is a day coming where all the scoffers, all those that idly dismiss the name of Jesus, they will absolutely bow at that name. The unbelievers will tremble at the name of Jesus. They will be shook to the very core of their being when that name is spoken. That day will come. Today, God's people, you and I, we have the privilege to use the name of Jesus Christ to bring deliverance, to bring healing, and to make requests known unto God in that name. Let's continue on here in verse 12 of Philippians. Uh, chapter 2. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out or demonstrate your own salvation, your wholeness, with respect and obedience. How might we do that? How might we demonstrate the wholeness we have received in Christ with respect and obedience? The next couple of verses answer that question. Verse 13. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Let me read that one again. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God by way of his spirit inside of each of us that energizes his desire in us to do as he directs. God directs the heart of man. You talk about a reason to live. God works within his children, his desire and his will, that we might do his good pleasure. What might his good pleasure entail? How about love the unlovable, serve in humility, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out devils. The specifics of each of those will be different for each of us, but it will be God's will, and it will be as he directs. I so rejoice that we can serve the one true living God, that we can worship him in spirit and in truth. And then let's read verse 14 here in Philippians 2. This is remarkable. It says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. What things? What are these all things? They are the things that God has worked within your heart to do for him. Don't grumble about it. Don't argue with God. Just do it. That which he works within you will never contradict his word, and it will never be harmful to you. There is great reward in obedience to the one true God. Not only now, today, but throughout all eternity. Continuing in verse 15, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Today, in this very dark world, we shine as lights. 
we hold forth the word of life both by living the word of truth, by being obedient to the direction of the Spirit, and by our speaking of that word to others. I began the teaching earlier saying that sometimes life can be difficult. That is so true. But in the difficulty, we are to bring the situation to our Heavenly Father in prayer, and He will comfort, He will direct. We trust Him knowing that He is love and that He cares for you. Always, always go to God first. Just pour your heart out to Him. Share your life with Him. Talk to Him. Then, if you need someone to pray with you, go to a trusted brother or sister in Christ and request them, ask them to stand with you in believing in prayer. You know, I want to let you know my life is always available to pray and believe with you. You can reach me through my email, greg at the com, or you can always uh, get a hold of me through the website. Leave me your phone number, and I'll, I'll call you back. I'll pray with you. I'll believe with you. I'll stand with you. Or maybe you live in the Chicago area. Get a hold of me. Let me know, and we can pray together in person. Our Heavenly Father, He is so very, very good, gracious, and kind. In Hebrews 4.16, it states, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. Let each of us reach out to others in love with the words of this life.
Our guest today is Dan Hennenfent, the Executive Director at Cup of Cold Water Ministries. Uh, Cup of Cold Water Ministries is a non-denominational ministry to both missionaries and those in need around the world. Their Pine Ridge Christian Center is located on 23 acres, about 70 miles west of Chicago in Sheridan, Illinois. Dan was a guest on the Solution Radio Show back in the fall of last year, and he recently returned from Bolivia, and I thought it would be great to have him back again to fill us in on that most recent trip. Welcome, Dan. Hey, thank you very much, Greg. It's good to be here again. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Before we get, though, into the Bolivia trip and short-term missions, can you give us just an overview for our listeners of the mission and purpose of Cup of Cold Water Ministries? Thank you. I'd love to. As you mentioned, Greg, uh, Cup of Cold Water Ministries is a non-denominational mission-sending organization. We believe strongly that we want to proclaim the gospel and demonstrate the gospel. And to do this, especially among the poor and disadvantaged people around the world. Uh, Right now, we work in countries of Bolivia, Mongolia, India, Guatemala, and Canada. And our paradigm is this. We want to send people to the mission field where God wants them to go, not necessarily where we want them to go. So we don't have an agenda where we recruit people to go to here or there. But rather, we look for people that God is is saying, I want you to go to X place and do this, and we help them to get there. Okay, that's always the best to go where God directs. Amen, brother. You got that right. Now, you recently returned from Bolivia. What was the specific purpose of that visit? That trip was really had twofold. Uh, The first week we were in Santa Cruz, Bolivia, and we took 32 medical professionals with us, doctors, nurses, Mm -hmm. and support staff. And we ran three individual clinics simultaneously uh, among the poor and disadvantaged in the Santa Cruz area. Plus, we had a fourth team that was a surgical team, and they did surgery. So in that five or actually six days on the ground, uh, we saw about 1,500 patients. Wow. And did uh, about 30 surgeries, of course, which were all free of cost Mm -hmm. to those who were in need. That's an awesome service. Well, it is. It's a way to reach out and, and touch people in their lives where, uh, and, and provide things that they don't have available otherwise. Even more important than that, and something we'll talk about, I hope, later in this segment, is um, you know, how does that impact spiritually? Mm-hmm. Now, for us to go there and, and reach and teach people where we don't even speak the language in many cases, it's not so easy to do. But we support ministry staff who are already there. Okay. And by, you know, being the, the, the people with some expertise, uh, that's really beneficial to them and their ministry. So we really come alongside the missionary or the local pastor. The second week, we actually flew, six of us flew into the jungle, deep in some really remote places. There's a series of ten villages along this uh, particular river, the Sekulu Ray River. And uh, we visited four of those villages and uh, so we had to fly in uh, with a missionary pilot and land on the grass strip. And, wow. Uh, and the purpose of that was really twofold. One was to um, provide some medical services. Secondly, was to lay the groundwork for future trips. We will come back with more uh, people, more expertise, and mm-hmm. hopefully to visit all 10 of those villages. Okay. In general, what is the purpose of the short-term mission trips? Well, short-term mission trips uh, have really exploded uh, over the last, say, 20 years. Uh, one statistic I saw said that in 1989, there were like 120,000 Americans that did a short-term mission trip. Now there's uh, each year over 2.2 million Americans. Uh, short-term mission trips really uh, sometimes get a lot of bad press because some people say, you know, they, they really turn into a glorified vacation with a little bit of ministry attached Mm. to it and some of that criticism could be accurate Uh, i think of situations where um, a group may spend a lot of money to go and paint a building and come back home and call it ministry and i struggle with that sometimes i struggle with things that we do saying is that the best use of the money Mm -hmm. this recent trip i just mentioned um total price tag on that was around sixty thousand dollars so is that the best use of $60,000? And th- these are questions we need to ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. But as far as what uh, the purpose of short-term trips are, I guess I'd, I'd try to give it three tests, three litmus tests. One is, does it fulfill a great commission? 
in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. That is, are we making disciples? Are we spreading the gospel? Okay. Uh, that's number one. Number two, do the recipients really want you there? In other words, sometimes we get it in our American minds that we are the experts and we have all the resources. We're going to go and, and fix those people. And to be honest, there's a lot of people that don't want to be fixed. Right, right. They don't really particularly you know, appreciate some of the things that some mission teams do. Don't want the outsiders necessarily coming in and trying to change everything. Exactly right. And they, because we don't understand their world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, and the third test would be, does it uh, relieve suffering or poverty? Suffering and poverty, or does it add to it? And, and again, in our North American minds, we bring suitcases full of stuff because, you know, poor people don't have enough stuff. So let's bring them some stuff. Right. <laughs> or let's paint their building. Or let's build their church. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, that's not our role. Mm-hmm. And we, they don't measure poverty by stuff. Poverty is more of a frame of mind. And some people feel poor. And when you come and, and give them and do for them things they could do themselves, you make them feel even more poor. And so short-term mission trips really need to advance the gospel. They need to be welcomed by those who receive, Mm -hmm. and they need to build the people and relationships and not just be about bringing stuff to people that don't have enough stuff. Uh, Dan, can you give us an example from the recent trip to Bolivia where being there, discipleship took place? Well, I'd like to tell you a story about a pastor I met there. His name is is Benatito. They call him Tito for short. Mm And uh, his story, uh, well, to answer your question directly, the fruit of this was we got to assist him in his ministry. And this is when we're in the jungle with the Tipnis Indians. Uh, We're very remote. Uh, Tito was born the 28th child of a particular man who had 14 different women. Tito's mother was 12 years old. Mm. So you kind of get a picture of what... Uh, what was going on there? And he said his father was evil. Hmm. Tito, when he was young, he uh, he had a severe uh, kidney problem, and the doctor said you need a transplant. Of course, he couldn't get a transplant. They sent him home to die. He didn't die. When he was about 18 years old, he was in an accident. He was uh, He's cutting trees with a chainsaw, and the tree fell on him and should have killed him and didn't. God hmm. spurred him. And he said even through all this time, he had heard of Jesus, he'd heard the missionaries talk about Jesus, but he knew he wasn't living right, and he was an alcoholic and doing a lot of wrong stuff. He got married, was not a good husband, was not a good man. He said, I was an evil man. And one night, uh, there's an explosion in his hut, an alcohol explosion. I think he's probably making alcohol. He didn't mm-hmm. say, but that was what I, I think happened, because uh, he was burned over 80% of his body. Mm-hmm. They flew him to Cochabamba, and there the the doctor said, you have four hours to live. Out of that situation, uh, missionaries, missionary couple, American missionary couple, nursed him back to health. And over the course of the next three to four months, he recovered from his burns. And even though he said, I, I never gave up wanting to drink, I knew I had to make a change in my life, and I did. Mm-hmm. Now, and then from there, he went on. The missionary sent him to uh, like a Bible school for a couple of years. So now here he is. He's 20 years old. He has 10 disciples, Indian disciples, you know, people that he grew up with, people that, you know, who have seen the change in his life. And you talk about a life that has turned 180 degrees. Tito's really has. He's a joyful man, loves the Lord, and full-time work in ministry. This is a guy who probably, you know, in our way of thinking, should have never been born. I mean, my gosh, his his mother was 12, and she was right. the, the 14th woman that this mm-hmm. guy had had. You know, and it was like just crazy bizarre. Um, on top of that, he should have died three different times and didn't mm-hmm. and was nursed back to health by missionaries. The value of missionaries is not to go and be the experts. It's to go and to help develop the people of that culture to become Mm-hmm. the the disciple makers and then they make more disciples within their that culture their people exactly right and that's to me that's the heart of missions yeah it's it's like a relay race let's be the the first guy around the track and hand that baton off and to you know to others mm-hmm. who know the language know the culture know the people and with someone with a testimony like tito's where you know he 
he was just the epitome of evil. Mm-hmm. And that, those are his words. He said, I was an evil, evil man. Mm-hmm. And God has taken me out of that situation and has made me whole mm-hmm. and made me want to share this with others. And so we had the pleasure then, uh, our sh- little short-term mission team, of not going down there as experts, but going down as servants. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went went with Tito down the river in the canoe. He was piloting the canoe from village to village with our little bit of medical help that we could and our encouragement mm-hmm. and uh, drew people in. And then um, he and, and a couple of the of his disciples he brought with him would uh, do children's ministry, preach the gospel, uh, be with the people. Mm-hmm. And so to me that was uh, that's an example of how short-term mission teams can be beneficial, can be a blessing. That's and, really wonderful. And those are the things I'd like to do. Yeah, that's awesome that you have the privilege to be able to travel and do that and help and minister in that type of a, a way. Exactly, and, and counted the privilege. Yeah. It's nothing I earned or... And Tito, yeah. too, what a great example for the people in his community. They saw the change that took place in his heart and life, and they're going to notice the change in somebody's life before they'll ever read the Bible. And by that change, they come to the Lord Jesus Christ. They say, hey, what changed you, Tito? <laughs> and I'm sure he told them. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. And, you know, we all have our, we all have our, our stories, mm-hmm. maybe not as dramatic as Tito's, Mine isn't, but it's my story, right. and I love to tell it. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I just say to the who, whoever's listening, uh, you don't have to be a Tito necessarily. Maybe you don't have his story, but you have your story, and use that to captivate people. Talk about the change that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what short-term mission trips do you have coming up uh, planned for the future? You know, just this morning, Greg, I think we finalized the, the, the plans. Um, going to going to Mongolia the end of this month for about 10 days, or actually two weeks, taking with me a psychologist who will be training Mongolian social workers hmm. in how to best counsel young girls who have been sexually abused. Mm-hmm. Now, in the Mongolian culture, they, they don't see that the way that we see it in terms of how to treat or how to work with people who have been abused. Mm-hmm. In that culture, it would be more like, you know, just be quiet. We don't talk about those things. And it was probably your fault anyway. Right. And that's how they deal with it. Mm-hmm. And once we realize that, we have a, a shelter for uh, for street girls and girls who have been abandoned and abused. And so once we figured out that our, the social workers were telling the girls that, it's like, you know, we need to help the social workers mm-hmm. to do a better job. Okay. So that comes up at the end of the month, and I'll be gone for a couple of weeks taking the psychologist, and then we're doing just one-on-one training with social workers in Mongolia. Wonderful. Do you have many missionaries right now coming back to to uh, the Cup of Water Ministries? You know, it seems like uh, they come and they go, and it's uh, we're not a huge organization. Total, we have like 27 people on the field someplace. Mm-hmm. And any given time, there's maybe a five to, to ten that are, are back in the States for different reasons. Uh, we have a, a family who's uh, home for a year while they get their older children settled into college and okay. things of that nature. Are they staying at the Pine Ridge Christian Center that you have there for? No, actually, so it's, they'll be here for a full year. They're staying at, uh, they've actually rented a home. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, in the Yorkville area. Okay. Right. Pine Ridge Christian Center is set up for churches and organizations like churches to do weekend retreats or mm-hmm. even throughout the week. Usually the summertime gets a little busy. Mm-hmm. All the weekends are busy. We also have what we call the Larson House, and that's for missionaries who are off the field for, let's say, between a week and maybe three or four months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they might stay there as a place to recover and, and, and rest. In closing today, is there anything on your heart that you'd like to share with our listeners to encourage them in the things of God? Our motto, our theme this year has been Spirit Lead Me. And I think those can be three of the most beautiful, yet three of the most dangerous words you can pray. But I would say to the listener today, just pray those words that God would lead you, the Spirit, Holy Spirit would lead you to do His will, to be ready for Him to answer. And and if it might seem a little bit uh, even dangerous, to press on and to be bold. Mm-hmm. You know, many times, Greg, people tell me when I travel, I say, be careful. You be careful now, okay? 
don't take any chance, you know. And I would, and I, I thank them, and I, I try to be gracious, but I would rather pray, I don't want to be careful, I want to be bold. Right. And so those are the words I would leave with the listener today, is just pray for the Spirit of God to lead you and to be bold when he answers. That's wonderful, because God will lead us into uncharted waters, but he'll be right there to give us the resources and the peace and the words to speak, whatever the situation might need. You're absolutely right on that, Greg, and uh, it's it's a blessing. It is really a blessing. That's a great way to live. Now, what would be the best way for one of our listeners to get a hold of you if they wanted to either help Cup of Cold Water Ministries or become involved in the missionary field? So, Greg, I would say there's really three great ways that people can connect with me. One is to go directly to our website, and that web address is ccwm.org. That's for Cup of Cold Water Ministries, ccwm.org. Second way is my cell phone. You can just give me a call, 815-228-1442. Or the third way is to send an email to me, and that address is director at ccwm.org. Now, that's excellent, Dan. I'll put all three of those ways to get a hold of you on our website. Great. I appreciate that. Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you here on, on your radio show. Jesus 
Thank you for joining us today on the Solution Radio Show. And thank you to Dan Hennenfent with Cup of Cold Water Ministries for joining us today. You know, if you enjoy the Solution Radio Show, please tell your friends about it. If you're local in the Chicago area, you can certainly listen live at 10 a.m. on WBIG 1280 a.m., which is in the Chicago western suburbs. And if you're not local, you can always listen on the website, thesolutionradioshow.com. Please pass along to your friends, your acquaintances, family members, uh, through an email, the link to our website. On that website, you can re-listen to any of the shows at your convenience. There are also links on the website of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. And there's also a page for upcoming events. If you'd like your event listed, just send the information to info at thesolutionradioshow.com. A reminder that the praise line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number is 844-705-3410. We will play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of The Solution Radio Show. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers and your financial giving. All donations are tax-deductible. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Our mailing address is The Solution Radio Show, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Once again, that address, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. There is also a donation link available on our website. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.